The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Careful making wishes in a dark, dark, can't be so Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh for Los Angeles Angels and 66ers Baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am with Kennedy Landry, the MLB writer for the Texas Rangers. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. How are you? Good. Uh, first off, congratulations. This is your first year as the Texas beat writer. So um, how's it feel to be on the beat? Uh, yeah, thanks. I mean, it's kind of surreal, honestly. Obviously, it's all crazy because of COVID restrictions, and I haven't really met any of the players. Or like, you know, <laughs> like the people that you talk to on a daily basis, you only see them through Zoom. So that's been really weird. But, you know, being on this beat's amazing. It's almost like a dream. Uh, just being on a professional sports beat is just crazy. And I'm enjoying every second of it, even if it's virtual. <laughs> yeah. Were you a, a softball player? Did you enjoy baseball growing up? What kind of led you to the baseball side of things? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I played softball for basically my entire life, starting from, you know, like T-ball when you're in like kindergarten through through high school and travel ball and all that. So I, I love softball. Honestly, sometimes I prefer softball to baseball if I'm watching it. Like, you know, I feel like Sometimes there's a bit more action. It's a bit more fun, but I love baseball. I love softball. I'm from, I'm from New Orleans. I went to LSU. So LSU has a great baseball and softball yeah, program. So, yeah. uh, so, you know, we don't have professional baseball in Louisiana. So you gravitate to, to LSU and the college sports scene for the most part. So I was big LSU fan growing up and they won a national championship 2009 when I was young. So that that's always been really fun. So, and like I said, the softball team is amazing too. And I'm, I'm a big softball fan. And like you mentioned, you were over there in Arizona with uh, spring training. Uh, a mutual friend, I guess you want to say, wanted me to ask you: Did you have you found a good coffee place yet out there? Um, I I've stuck to my national brand. I've stuck to Starbucks for the most part since I've been here. Um, I know I I love like local coffee shops. Usually, when I'm places, I like to find a nice local spot. But just because of COVID, I don't really want to like sit somewhere like I normally would. If like right. you know, in a no in a normal normal year, you would sit out at a coffee shop and do work and stuff like that. But I've I've stuck to Starbucks for the most part, and I went to um what's what's that place called? Uh, something Dutch Bros. Bros. Yeah, Bros. I. I went yep. there yesterday for for the first time, which it was great. I really yeah. enjoyed that. I, the nitro cold brew, which had me on like a thousand. My energy was on a thousand <laughs> yesterday because of that cold brew, but it was great. Yeah, you know, we'll go out there every once in a while. This is like the first year in five or six years as of you know, me and my wife haven't gone to Tempe, but every time she's out there, you know, being from California, there isn't any Dutch Bros out here. That's like, <laughs> like we have to make that stop. And I'm like, all right, either before the game, after the game, but yeah, Dutch Bros. I, uh, from what I hear, I'm not a big coffee person. You can't go wrong. No, I'm a coffee person. I'm a big <laughs> coffee person. <laughs> so now kind of moving into Texas. Obviously, last year wasn't the year they wanted. Um, you know, fifth place in the in the division. Um, 
you know, I, again, you, this is your first year on the beat, but have you got any sense of what kind of went, what went wrong for them last year or what they kind of hoped would have happened but didn't? I think what went wrong last year is the, the guys they expected to perform didn't. You know, when you look at Joey Gallo, especially, he went from a, a all-star season in 2019 where he belted, I think, 20-something home runs to last year he was batting below 200. And obviously – take everything with a grain of salt from last season, just to be in a 60 game season. And, you know, guys, you know, if you, if you were hot at the right time, that really worked out for you. If you, if you were a, a player who starts hot and just goes for it, like the 60 game season worked perfectly. And I think some guys, especially on the Rangers felt the need to rush through the 60 game season. And in that way, they didn't have enough time to adjust and get, you know, come into themselves, especially some of those younger guys. I think, Pretty much everybody except for Isaiah kind of had a drop in batting average last year, which obviously is not what you want to see right. uh, to compete in this league. I think it's across the board. You look at even Nick Solak, who's who's a young guy, his batting average dropped, I think, from 280 to like 240 or something like that. I don't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head. And Rune Nordor has obviously struggled a lot. And even Elvis, who now is with the A's and the, with the division interdivisional trade that we had there, you know, his batting average dropped a bit. And Guzman has obviously had his issues at first base on the offensive end. So I think that was the biggest issue for the Rangers last year is that the guys, the veteran guys who they expected to contribute kind of didn't. And, you know, the, the pitching was not up to par. And I think that was also a big issue just last year across the board was the only 60 games guys weren't pitching the normal lengths they, that they normally would and things like that, which was, which was a struggle. And I think, I I think only three pitchers for the, for the Rangers had less than a three R ERA. And obviously that's not how you win games. If you can't hit, you can't can't pitch. Um, what, What else is there? So there was a there was a lot of troubles. They struggled a lot, pretty much everywhere. And yeah, I see you have up on the screen. They they played not amazingly at home, but they had a winning record at home, and right. they were absolutely terrible on the road. On the road, yes. It it was like pretty ridiculous how bad they were on the road. So I think you know there's a lot of things to be fixed this year, and I think I think now they've kind of accepted the rebuild that that they're in. I think uh, trading Elvis might have been the big big start of that. Is that they they recognize where they are as a team and as an organization right now. And they're working on getting back. I think John Daniels, the president of baseball ops said in a press conference a week or two ago, he's like, we're shooting for 2022 and beyond. And, you know, it's not, that's not to say they're not going to try to win games this year, but you know, they are not expecting to truly compete in in the postseason until 2022. And you kind of mentioned that home record, 16, 14 Um, new stadium glow life, Globe Life Stadium or Globe Life? One was the old, one was the new. I, I, never, <laughs> it, I can never Globe keep them Life, apart. Globe Life Field. Park is the old one. Globe Life right. Field is the new Field one. Field is the new one. Yeah, I, I get confused about that all the time. But have you got any reactions from some of the players? Because, you know, coming into a new stadium, you're not sure if it's going to be a hitter-friendly, pitcher-friendly, or anything like that. Have you got any kind of feedback from players about how they liked or dis- maybe even disliked the new field? I think for the most part, they've all seemed pretty favorable to it. And especially with the Texas heat, I mean, everybody was happy. Dome to have helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Dome everybody was helps. happy for that. Um, and I think Joey Gallo talked today about just, it wasn't, it, it wasn't really positive or negative for him. It just was something to get used to. And it, again, this goes back to a shortened season that when you're in a new stadium and you have to get used to, you know, where balls are, 
you know, if it bounces here, is it going to go yeah, like over my head here. or is it going to, yeah. And things like that, you have to get used to things like that. And I think that might've been another issue for the team is just trying to get used to a new park in a shortened season when, you know, maybe they were starting to get used to it come, you know, August, but you don't have as yeah. many games left as you would have type of thing. Right. So I think, you know, I haven't heard anything, like I said, positive or negative per se, but it, I think everybody is still trying to get a feel for this new park. And uh, I haven't been yet. So, you know, I'll get my first taste of that in a couple of weeks, but I think that's left to be seen if it's a, if a, a hitter friendly park or a pitcher friendly park and things right. like that. Yeah. Just like anything, like you mentioned earlier, anything in the 2020 season, whether it's a new park or a new you know player, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt, just not <laughs> right. enough, uh, sample size. So, you kind of touched on some of these already, some transactions that happened throughout the offseason. Um, you talk about Elvis Andrews, but another big one that I want to talk about first is Lance Lynn to the White Sox. Um, through trade, he was for the, you know, that ace, that rotation ace for the season, a great beginning of the season, kind of fell off a little bit at the end. Do they have someone that they feel comfortable with, like getting the opening day start or someone that can carry this rotation? I think, I think that's yet to be seen the opening day starter is going to be Kyle Gibson who is a he's a veteran he's been here for a while he had a I think a 5-3 ERA last year which isn't great but I think they just want to hand that opening day starter to somebody who they know can you know give them innings right now uh so that's why it's going to be Kyle Gibson but I'm, I'm glad you touched on the Lance Lynn trade because I love Dane Dunning who uh, the Rangers got in the Lance Lynn trade. He's a prospect. I think he's number three in the new rankings that came out this week um, in the Rangers farm system. I think I think that's going to be a trade that works out really well for for both the White Sox and the and the Rangers. Lance Lynn obviously goes to basically a contender while the Rangers are rebuilding, and Dane Dunning's going to be. I think down the stretch he'll end up being you know a number one or two starter for the Rangers. And I think it's very likely he'll be their best starter this year, depending on how a few think other things shake out with, you know, Gibson, you have Fulte up there and um, Arihara is another big one, the acquisition from Japan. Um, so a lot of things really have to <laughs> fall into place. Um, but, you know, Lancelin leaving, I think worked out. He did have the most innings pitched on the team. I think as you touched on, which I think is going to be a big issue coming from the 60-game season over to a full 162-game season in terms of pitchers across the board. I think some aren't going to know how to adjust to only throwing X amount of pitches last year to going back to a regular workload. And I think that's that's a big part of the reason for some of the spring training rules, I think, that MLB implemented with yeah, the rolling of the innings that. and yeah. things like that. You want to keep these guys healthy in the spring, especially some, especially these veteran guys who, like, they're not technically trying out in spring training like some other guys, like those borderline non-roster invites and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how all of these guys develop going it back to a full workload. And the Rangers don't currently have anybody on the team who's pitched more than like who pitched more than like 40 innings last year, I think. So that's going to be a real it's going to be an uphill climb for them, I think, when you look at the rotation. I think only only three guys are currently, you know, 100% going to be in the starting rotation. And that's, that's Mike Fulte. Um, I really strayed from pronouncing his name because I don't want to pronounce it wrong. So I just say <laughs> Fulte. Um, that makes and, uh, perfect sense. <laughs> and I mean, that's Woodward calls him Fulte. So I'll call him Fulte. Um, and uh, Kohei Arihara, like I said, from Japan and Kyle Gibson. I think that was a hard name guys. too. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I got, I caught on to Arihara. I did catch on to that one because that one's more, it's more phonetic. I'd say. Okay, like, yeah, that one makes sense. It, yeah. it looks exactly how it's said, and I appreciate that. This Eastern European name is not doesn't vibe with me at all. But I think again, like I said, that's going to be interesting to see how those things play out. I, th I think Dane Dunning, and I'm really high on Dane Dunning. I think he's going to be a great asset for the Rangers this year, and I think he's going to be in that starting rotation. And then the last spot can go to a number of different people, especially when you look at prospects. You have, you know, Kyle Cody, Taylor Hearn. You know, you're you're going to see a little bit of shakeup. I think it's what you get on the first day of the season is going to be nowhere near what you get in June. Right. Is not going to be what you get in October. Um, so it's there's going to be some shakeups, and I'm interested to see, you know, how how Chris Woodward does deals with all of these things. So another one like you kind of mentioned earlier, Elvis Andrews departing to Oakland for the um, inner, you know, inner division trade. Elvis Andrews to me as an Angel fan, it seems like he's been there forever, and to see him he leave, has. and then you see, you know, as again as Angel fans, you see Chris Davis at Oakland, and it always seemed like he could have be in a worse slump. But when the Angels either come to town mm -hmm. or they come to Anaheim, he was able to produce, and you're just thinking to yourself, why us? Um, what are your what are their plans? You know, for Chris Davis, is he going to DH? Is he going to be in the outfield? Um, any any word on that yet? It, he's definitely going to DH, if anything. Um, and I think Chris Woodward has embraced a culture of competition in this organization at the current moment. Um, I think we're seeing that across the field. Nobody really has a nobody has a position locked in unless your name is Joey Gallo right now for the most part, or, or Isaiah Connor for left was pretty much locked in at shortstop, but everything else, you know, you have to win your spot. And I think Chris Davis and Willie Calhoun are basically competing for that spot in at designated hitter. And, you know, Willie is a better defender than Chris Davis. So, if, you know, Willie needs to go play in left field. He will. Um, I don't see the Rangers using Chris Davis as an outfielder. And I think Woodward and Chris Young, the general manager, have both kind of alluded to that. Um, and then, which you also have David Dahl up there, which he's another cog in this because you assume he's going to play left field, but he could also play center field uh, if Leo Di Tavares, who's a, the number three prospect or number two, I get them all confused at this point, those top <laughs> five prospects. Yeah, the, all those prospects, you're like, I know I know these are all, like, there and they're good. I just don't know which one fell where. But, you know, the DH and the outfield, you know, those two competitions really blend together. And, you know, I think they balance off of each other because if Leone Tavares needs to get, you know, a, another month or two in AAA, then David Dahl is going to end up playing center field and then Willie Calhoun will play left and Chris Davis will play DH. But if... Tavares is ready at the start of the season on opening day to play center field in the big leagues. Then David Dahl plays left field. And then you have to choose between Chris Davis and Willie Calhoun at DH. And I think they, Chris Woodward has brought up a couple of times, you know, it's whoever's, whoever's hot at a specific time or, you know, left-handed versus right-handed hitters and pitchers and things like that might end up being what drives it. Um, this competition so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and neither Chris Davis or Willie Calhoun has been spectacular so far this spring I think they both have two or three hits apiece. Um, so I think they're definitely going to need to see a little bit more from both of them yeah and another person you talked about a little bit earlier is uh, Odor Runet Odor at second base he seemed to have a struggle um, last year 
are they hoping from a bounce back? Do you know if it was like an injury kind of deal? Was it just, you know, some, especially veteran players, it takes a little bit longer to kind of get going, but in a 60 game season, by the time you're getting going, like you mentioned, you're in August, September, and it's season's already over. Do they know why he struggled so much? Or are they looking for him to have like a, a bounce back year? I, I don't really think anybody knows why uh, Ruby was, was really struggling as much as he was. And I, he doesn't seem to know much either. I think he was, um, he just really he struggled and i don't think he he we talked to him once so far this spring and he just said you know he's worked in the off season he's gonna he thinks he's going to bounce back but i personally it's hard for me to see how much longer the, the rangers can keep him you know and i think it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that works out you know i think nick solak has not been handed the position at at second base but the organization has basically told him you know if you go out and win this you go and perform it's yours and so then Rudin Odor is now now has to compete for the spot at third which is another okay you know a lot there's a lot going on there <laughs> there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of shuffling going on here because Odor, if he, if he doesn't win the spot at third, then he, he has to show, or at second, he has to show that he can be versatile and he could be, you know, an extra out infielder or utility infielder when they need it. And I think before the Elvis trade, I I was under the assumption, and I think most people were under the assumption that Elvis would play third base. So, you know, now Odor has to, you know, plug into a position he's never played before, and he's played it well. So as far as, you know, we're, what, eight games in the spring training right, right now? Yeah. He's he's fielded most things cleanly. He's made a couple of really good diving stops, um, you know. And for the most part, like he's he's showing that he can be a utility infielder. But I mean, that was never really the problem anyway. The problem was at the plate. And I think yeah. he's he's had a you know solid first week and a half of spring. You know, he has quite a few hits. He had a bunt for a hit today that was really good. Um, it, it's kind of you have to see where it falls, and I'm just not sure why. I'm not sure what the Rangers will do if he's not not up to standard because that's a lot of money they have on the right. books yeah. for him. And, and, and you know, has he been playing? I didn't know he's actually playing third during during this yes. time at, at spring training. Has he been just exclusively at third, or has he gone back to second, maybe an inning or two here and there? Um, I think he played the first two or three games of spring at second. And then he actually went to Chris Woodward and said, I want to play third. He's been taking, oh, wow. you know, he's been, he had been taking ground balls at third, you know, during practice and things like that. And just during like live BP. But I think, I think, I think he sees the writing on the wall as well. I think, I mean, you have to, when you're a major league player and you know, this type of situation. And I think he knows that in order to make a spot on this opening day roster, he needs to be able to, to play third base. So, you know, I think for the last five or six games, he's ex almost exclusively played third base. That's, that's good on him. I didn't, I didn't know that. So, again, kind of moving now forward into the 2021 season coming up. Um, first thing I want to ask, strengths and weaknesses of this team. <laughs> strengths. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I, think they can be, I think they can be really good at the plate. I think we've seen – both we've seen the ups and downs of that in the spring so far, but I think if, if those players that we think should perform do perform, they'll be in a much better place. And I think defensively, 
outside of pitching, I think defensively, it's a, this is a very good defensive team when you have, you know, your, your starting nine out there. When you look at, you know, Joey Gallo, Leody Tavares, and most likely David Dollar, Willie Calhoun, and the outfield, you know, not many things are falling out there. And the infield, you, you have a gold glover in Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. You have Nick Solak. And whether it's Guz, Guzman or Lowe at first base, I'm almost confident. And both of them are great defensive first basemen who have both made fairly great plays so far this spring. And third base can go a number of ways, whether that's Odor or uh, Brock Holt, Charlie Culverson, you know, a couple of non-roster invite guys that kind of are working there. I think the defense is probably its best <laughs> its strength, I guess you'd say. And and the, I think, I again, I think, but that's also interesting because then the weakness comes down to the hitting. Um, not the hitting, the pitching, where I don't want to say it's a weakness, but there's just so many unknowns. Yeah, there's unknowns and unproven's there right now. And there's you have a lot of guys who, who really have the stuff to be elite major league pitchers, but don't have the innings, you know, just, you know, whether it's a combination of the short year last year and injuries or anything that may be, I think there's just, there's question marks on how that'll look. And, you know, like I said, there last year was a down year for the entire bullpen uh, with only, you know, three guys with below three ERA. And I think we're going to see some growing pains. And, I, you know, I hope if, if Mike, it's Fulton Evich. There we go. Fulton if, yep. if Fulton Evich, you know, bounce, if Fulton bounces back, if, you know, Ari Hara can adjust to major league pitching and Dane Dunning can be the elite prospect that I think he is, then that's best case scenario. And I think it's might take a bit and it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Yeah, Fulton Nevich, looking back on his career, like, what was it like two years ago? He had a great year on the mound, well, I believe, with, with right. Atlanta. And if he can, you know, kind of get back to somewhat close to that, that definitely helps out a um, rotation that that probably needs that that little bit of help. Um, kind of mentioned that the, the the farm system, uh, the top thirty came out not too long ago for a lot of the MLB teams, if not all the MLB teams. But in your opinion, where is the farm system as far as status? Is it like you know, top half? Is it bottom half? Is it you know, young but promising? What what do you think about the farm system with Texas? Um. According to MLB Pipeline, it's not top 10, but, you know, I think it, I think it is top half of the league. I think the Rangers were in this oh, such a weird spot for so long where they like they weren't bad enough to get, you know, these top 10 picks. But they yeah, the also middle. right. And they just like weren't going to the World Series every year. So you have these like middling like 20s to 30s picks every year. But I, I do think this is a young and promising farm system, especially if you look at around like the top the top ten. There's some really great you know guys in the farm, and I think so many of these guys made their debuts last year during the COVID season, which is just weird. Just you know, <laughs> yeah. Because, like so many, there were so many guys within the system that shot from from like low A to to their major league debut just because of the nature of how weird this last year of our lives has been. Congratulations. So, Here you go. Ba- basically they had to just, they just plucked the guy from the alternate site and like said, go across the street. Like here you are. So again, I think, I think it's a young and promising farm system. And I think they have the number two pick this year. So we're going to grab one of those Vandy boys 
Yeah. If I, hope, I, I hope they grab a Vandy boy. Um, I, again, I'm an SEC. SEC, I'm about to say SEC uh, yeah. through and through. There you go. Look, I, I've seen Kumar Rocker in the flesh at the SEC tournament a few years ago. The dude is just as great as he seems, and I haven't seen Liker in real life, lighter in real life, but, you know, I've watched him on TV, and they're both really <laughs> good. Um, and, you know, I did a, a prospect inbox today where I took Twitter questions, and somebody asked if, if well, not if, when the Rangers draft one of the Vandy boys – um, you know, where are they going to fall on the prospects list? So I talked to to one of our pipeline writers and he, he basically was like, oh, yeah, he, whatever Vandy boy you get is going <laughs> automatically to the top of the Rangers list. Like it is going to be the number one prospect. And I mean, I, I can agree with that. I think right. both of them, great. both of both of them reach 100 miles an hour on the gun. I think the first three pitchers that Jack Leiter threw this season were like 100, 102 and 104 or something like crazy like that like they're and they're both like elite talents I think lighter has more pitches and you know rocker just has more pure like power and uh he's just dude's basically a linebacker pitching honestly (laughs) and it's it's crazy I think lighter has a, a little bit more spin on his on his pitches than um than rocker does but honestly it's basically it's a 1a and 1b pick in this draft in my opinion so I think that's gonna that's gonna be a big. That's gonna help. help that's gonna help. Yeah, I I know a lot of Angel fans too. Towards the end of last year, when I mean they were never really out of it, out of it, but a lot of fans were clamoring for the <laughs> for the Angels to tank because of that, because they knew what was coming up through um, like you mentioned through Vanderbilt with the, with the two Vandy boys. But um, play you kind of mentioned it a little bit players making a debut this season. There was a handful of players that made a debut last season, but if anyone, even those included that might start out in AAA or, or, you know, obviously the AAA season got delayed a little bit, the alternate slight, and be brought up later in the season to make a, a I don't know, if an official debut in a 162 season mm-hmm. or something like that. Is there a guy that can make some noise um, this year? Oh, yeah. I think Josh Young is the the one everybody's waiting for. All, all the Rangers fans want to know how Josh Young is doing. Um, he was the, the first rounder, I think, in 2018, if I remember off the top of my head. Um, out of Texas Tech a few years ago, he's a third baseman, um, and I think that's also something when we when I was talking about the Odor situation earlier. No matter who wins the third base spot this year, to when it comes to the opening day roster, it's a placeholder for when Josh <laughs> for when Josh Young makes his <laughs> debut come come you know June July August. I think Josh Young is honestly he's a he's a talent like he is an elite defensive third baseman, like if I've ever seen one. And, you know, I think, I think the Chris Young, Chris Woodward, John Daniels, they want all of these guys to, to just get more games and get more at bats. And I think that's why so many of these guys just aren't going to start on the major league, like open day roster, because they just want them to get at bats, like we said, and get innings yeah. when it comes mm-hmm. to pitchers. So that's what it's that's what Josh Young is going to start in Triple A, but unless he you know tears it up with like five batting five hundred in the first like month, you know I think I would project him to make his debut come you know July August around then. I think he's he's the third baseman of the future, and I think the organization has not been shy about saying that. And he's. I'm really excited to see what he does on the major league level. And, you know, he's played quite a few spring training games 
had a few hits. And like I said, he's an elite third baseman defensively. Yeah, those are some pretty big, uh, pretty big shoes to fill too with uh, Beltran leaving there. You know, only a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, a third baseman is, is you know defensive third baseman from experience. Having now Anthony Rendon there for the Angels for you know last mm-hmm. year is definitely definitely a plus to have. Um, <laughs> in spring training, you know, we're about like a week and a half uh, into spring training as we're recording this. Is there a position battle in that time frame that's really kind of heating up and really interesting to watch? Um, play out the rest of the way. Well, a everywhere on this team. Um, yeah, that's true, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but most specifically, I've been really enjoying the first base uh, battle. I think, like like we said, Guzman has struggled at the plate. Um, he's a great defensive first baseman, and I think that will only get you so far. And Chris Woodward has again not been shy about saying if you if you can hit, you're going to play. And I think. They they need somebody who's going to hit. And when they acquired Nate Lowe this winter, John Daniels more or less said, we're acquiring Nate Lowe to be our starting first baseman. Uh, but again, Woodward has embraced a culture of competition. He's in his third year as manager. He's really trying to to push this. You know, nothing nothing's going to be given to you. Everything's going to be earned. And uh, <laughs> Guzman came into to camp ready to earn a position. Um, he currently has the high bat, high, highest batting average on the team in the spring. I think it was, it was 600 last time I checked, it could be a few points higher or lower right now. He has two home runs. Um, like I said, he was already fine defensively, but offensively it's like he's having a complete and total transformation. He hit 160 last year, the major league level, I think only through about 30 games and he's out of minor league options. And I think, I think he knows that. Yeah. Um, like like Odor, I think he sees the writing on the wall and he sees what he needs to do to be on this to be on this team. Um, so he he played in the Dominican Winter League this year. He won the Dominican Dominican Winter League MVP. He bat he batted like five twenty like throughout the season oh, over there. Crazy. Like I again he like completely changed almost everything about him and you can see he came into the the spring, you know, like looking to win his job. And I respect, I respect the hell out of him for that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, how can you not? And I think, you know, not saying that Nate Lowe has played poorly or anything. I think he's definitely not playing to the degree that Guzman is. Um, and he's, he's also trying to win a spot. I think, again, they haven't been shy about saying you have to, you have to earn this. And everybody has to earn it and they (laughs) I don't want to say they backtracked on what they said but they did say that yes we did want to acquire Nate Lowe from Tampa to be a a first baseman but again he had to come in and like take it and he hasn't yet he hasn't yet proven that so I think that's definitely going to be one of the the most interesting things to watch about this team down the stretch you know as we inch closer to April 1st yeah, you know, a lot of those position battles, even with the Angels, are going to be interesting to say our you know, first base battle or, you know, the fourth outfield position battle. I always think those are the funniest things to watch as – because like you mentioned, like there's some people there that already know their spots are already kind of mm-hmm. secured. It's always fun to watch the ones that are kind of on the border. So, you know, a lot of people like to ask, okay, what's your record going to be at the end of the year, blah, blah, blah. But I know, you know, as we're seeing with the Astros, injuries can, can pop up at, at any time and mm-hmm. you can totally kind of – you know, derail a season or just kind of delay it a little bit. So what I like to ask is 
whatever team wins the AL West, what do you think that win total will be? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, my my initial thought and what I had thought for kind of quite a while, I was kind of expecting the Astros to still be kind of atop the division this coming year. I'm not totally sure about that. I think obviously it's pretty much between the Astros and the A's right now. Um, let me hmm, let me think. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't. Also, I don't think anybody in the division is winning more than like ninety games. Oh wow! Like, okay. yeah. I, like, I mean, we've I got a couple. Like, Go ahead. I I feel like this is a division where at least this year where everybody's kind of going to beat up on each other and like that type of thing. And uh well, we're not playing in like divisional pods like they were last year, but it still feels like there's a, there's not a clear cut best team in this division this, this year. Yeah. I when agree you, completely. Yeah. And like, when you look at like some of the, like the central divisions, like <laughs> it all, I mean, it felt like nobody wanted to win in this off season. <laughs> it's like, yes, the card, it's, it's basically the Cardinals and everybody else. Right. Um, and I mean, both Eastern divisions were kind of like arms racing it out. And I think, you know, like the Braves, the Yankees, the Blue Jays on, on the East coast were really, you know, loading up, but you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Astros. I think I'm going to go Astros. And I'm gonna go like, hmm, give me maybe like ninety three and sixty nine. Okay, okay, that's not too bad. I mean, honestly, that's that's, a, that's been... a very random number out of my yeah, like. Yeah, but uh, honestly, we've yeah. we've asked a couple people. You're like our third team. We previewed, and yeah, all the people asked the same question to them, and they all been around that ninety. I think ninety three to ninety five was that that kind of you know, sweet spot where a lot of people felt mm-hmm. comfortable doing it. But I agree completely. This, you know, the Astros didn't do a ton to get themselves better. And same thing with the A's. They didn't do a ton to get better. And then if the Angels can just get kind of healthy, um, <laughs> right. you know, make a run at it. But, yeah, I don't think there's – like you mentioned with the Cardinals, I think they're the the, the front-line favorite in the Central, but uh, the NL Central. But I think in the West, I don't think there is one really right now. Right, exactly. And I think – I think things have to fall into place for, for whatever team ends up coming out on top of right. this division. And, you know, Astros need to bounce back here. Um, A's need to pretend they know how to play baseball or something. Like, <laughs> just, just yeah. you know, you know, the Mariners and the, and the Rangers are here for a good time. You know, the Mariners yeah. and the Rangers are on the pretty much the same rebuild schedule right yeah. now. You, so, you talked about being in the middle a little while ago. That's where the angels have been. It seems like for the past <laughs> uh, five, six years. So uh, yeah, I, I, we bit, know, we know bit. how that middle is where your draft pick is that, Oh, it's, it's 15. It's like, Oh, great. Right in the middle. So um, we've been there a couple of times, but Kennedy, I want to thank you again for uh, taking some time out and previewing the Texas Rangers as we get closer and closer to uh, opening day, April 1st. And for people that want to check out, uh, her Twitter page is Ken Landry. That's with two N's on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, definitely give her a follow. And, you know, it's always good to see when Texas is coming in or the Angels are going out to Texas to kind of see um, are they healthy? Are they on a roll? Are they on a slump? Like I always like uh, checking in on the other teams when that happens. So, Kennedy, thank you uh, again. I, I really, really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, 
propels us forward and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And just around the corner, we have MLB Baseball. BetOnline covers everything from award shows, TV shows, and even reality TV. Real-time updates, odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. This is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, eBay Sneakers. From rare dead stock to the latest releases, you can find the exact sneaker you are looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go if you want to cop that pair that you've been eyeing. And with eBay's guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they are sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for you sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With the other sites charging as much as 25%, you're going to have a ton of extra cash left for, guess what? More sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. Again, that's ebay.com slash sneakers today. And I want to thank Kennedy again for taking some time out and previewing the um, Texas Rangers. Again, that's Kennedy Landry. She's at Ken Landry. That's with two N's 
on Twitter, K-E-N-N-L-A-N-D-R-Y. Um, again, check her out. Give her a follow, especially when the Angels are going to Texas or the Texas is coming to town now that we'll have a full 162-game season. Um, I, can't, I, mean, I can't believe it. April 1st is right around the corner, and um, it's, it's fun to preview these teams and, and kind of get a better idea of them, and I'm just looking so much for this season to get started uh, in two short weeks. Um, obviously, with the, with the announcement of baseball stadiums being able to open in California, that's huge news, and we'll be looking forward to talking about more and more of that on Thursday night's podcast. We will be live streaming it on Twitter, our Twitter, our uh, YouTube page, and our Facebook page Thursday night. Um, we'll talk a little bit about what we've talked, what we've seen with the Texas Rangers, Houston Astros, and obviously get into more Angel stuff as well. Uh, but definitely check us out again. That's gonna be Thursday night. This week, um, we're going to kind of catch up on everything that's been going on. Some guys that seem to be having a really good spring, some really good high spots going on during spring, and we're going to be talking about them more on Thursday. So um, thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. And for everyone that's reached out to us after the Johnny special and um, kind of told us how we did and stuff like that, really, really appreciate it. Again, check out Jumbotron Art at Jumbotron Art. Uh, did a great piece of Johnny. And if you want to get that, if you're a fan of Johnny or just kind of want to help the family, he's selling prints of that for the next couple of weeks on his website. If you go to his YouTube page, I believe it's like, um, jumbotronart.com. But if you go to his, his, uh, YouTube page, there is a link there or not YouTube page. Sorry. Um, his Instagram page there, uh, there's a link and definitely check it out. Cause again, he's helping out the family with everything sold, with those prints and it, and it came out absolutely awesome. We got ours a couple of days ago. Um, they look awesome. They, they're, they're great. So uh, we'll be back in a couple of days to kind of talk more about angels baseball, uh, kind of tie a bow on our Texas two-step with Houston and Texas. Uh, but you know, we want to thank you guys again and, and we're coming really, really close to opening day. I can't wait. I'm getting more excited as the days go by. So I am Daniel Garcia, and this has been another edition of the all angels podcast. Thank you.